to None of This Is Real, a podcast for all things mysterious and, you guessed it, weird. <laughs> I'm Doomsday Domini. I'm Sarah St. Cole. Hey, hey, we are coming at you with a random weirdness today. Yeah, we're definitely, a random we're weirdness. definitely coming at you, and it's definitely going to be random and weird. Yeah, that's true. These are true things. We're coming directly at you. Do you see us? We're right, we're right, we're waving at you. Um, yeah, this is one of those episodes where we just tell you something random and weird and we leave you alone. But first we have new patrons we need to welcome to the club. Oh my gosh, this makes me so happy whenever we get to do this. It just makes me feel like somebody loves me because they're giving me money. <laughs> somebody loves me. It's true. giving me money. And guess what? We love yep. you too. We love you. Jenna Lynn and Clementine. We love y'all. Uh, thank so you so much. And we appreciate you and we believe all over you so hard. Can you feel it? You know what? I'm going to start doing to for our new patrons for our shout outs. I'm going to send them good some good uh, believing on yourself vibes. Pew, 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 pew. Do you Did feel, you feel that? Okay. Jenna Lynn, Clementine. Did you, Did you, you get felt it? it? Okay, okay, good. Did you got Did you it? Got it? <laughs> Did you get it? Are you getting it? Is it got? Wow. Okay. I hope you have received my vibes, <laughs> is what we're have saying. Have you received the vibes? That I sent on Thursday afternoon. Okay. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Thank you. No, we, we really appreciate you. Welcome to the after party. Um, I hope you enjoy the Globsterotica. Oh my gosh. If you do, please message us. I need to know what everyone... Has, if you have listened to or, or read the Globsterotica, I really need to know what... Are we as good at it as we think we are? Where can we make improvements? Because we're going to do it oh, again. Yeah. It's, so we might as well get some notes. We're doing another horny cryptid crime sometime soon, I'm sure. Summertime cryptid crime. But not yet. Right, y'all, not let's yet. hear. First, we have to do this. Will you <laughs> tell me something random and weird, to. please? Let's I'm do it. I'm about to. And this is a thing <laughs> that I have had bookmarked for forever. And I just, I find it interesting. And I'm obviously going to have a lot of caveats and over explain myself because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but I am going to talk about uh meditation and RIA and um a little bit of psychosis so are you ready oh good yeah. golly psychosis Just a little bit. meditation I'm in I'm gonna cite my sources first though uh when relaxation makes you anxious by Isabel Picorn Picorn uh, making mindfulness meditation more helpful starts with understanding how it can be harmful from brown.edu and bad vibes by Sandy Brundage, Brundage and Bernice Young from culteducation.com. Okay, so first, before I shit all over meditation, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read something from the Mayo Clinic about the emotional and physical benefits of meditation, because there are some. I'm not... I'm not that much of a dick, guys. Chill. Okay, so you can gain a new perspective on stressful situations, uh, build skills to manage your stress, increase your self-awareness, focus on the present, reduce negative emotions. You can increase your imagination and creativity, patience and tolerance. You can lower your resting heart rate and your resting blood pressure, and it can even help you sleep better. So there's a lot, and that's not all. There's lots of them. Yeah, right. I read one article that was like, a hundred benefits from meditation. And I was like, I can't. That's too many. I don't have time for 100 <laughs> no, benefits. No, I don't. Um, okay, but like anything else, moderation is the key. And every single person on the planet 
is different. So some don't get any benefits from meditation at all, and some, in fact, experience negative side effects. And this is not me trying to be like a dogmatic skeptic and shit on wooey stuff just for fun, okay? I just think this is a really good example that illustrates that nothing is a cure-all and nothing works the same for anyone, and science and spirituality can can and should, you know, hold hands and, and listen to each other a little bit. I think that would be great. That'd be cute if they held right? hands. Right? Just yes. hold hands, and I'm not being a jerk. This is just some interesting science shit about the human brain. Okay. That being said, I'm going to talk about the mostly just frustrating thing called relaxation-induced anxiety and the more serious and scary uh, meditation-induced psychosis. So I'm sure people listening to our podcast uh, know that we are anxious a lot. (laughs) And I think that this might hit home for a lot of people who listen. I think you're going to get it, Damini. So relaxation-induced anxiety is the inability to unwind during conventionally relaxing activities, ultimately leading to heightened feelings of stress and agitation. So this happens like anything that physically or mentally feels relaxing, like reducing your heart rate, relaxing your muscles, counterintuitively makes you have more anxiety. It doesn't seem like it. God, that sucks. (laughs) Um, It's not a recognized mental health issue, but it is a way that uh, clinical anxiety can manifest. So... Yeah. Research suggests that around 15% of people with chronic anxiety experience symptoms of RIA. And according to a study by Dr. Christina Lomberto and her colleagues, research her, their research estimates that it affects between 17 to 53 of the chronic percent of the chronically anxious population. Um, and they also found that you can have it you can experience RIA even if you don't have clinical anxiety. But I'm not just going to freak you out and be a bummer and then offer no solution. So here are some tips from one of the sources that can help you if you are experiencing RIA. Uh, There's lots of good grounding exercises. I'm just going to talk about the one that we've probably mentioned many times before, which is the 54321 exercise. You name five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And just brings you right back. Yeah, that's helpful. For me, I've done that. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. And sometimes I don't even have to get all the way to one. I'm just like, okay, I, I've got my head out of my ass. I'm good. <laughs> um, or you can try practicing loving kindness towards yourself, which sounds just so easy, doesn't it, <laughs> in the world we live in? It it also sounds so so corny. It's very but corny. So nice. It is nice. <laughs> Same thing you can have for other people. Have that for yourself. Do that for you, too. <laughs> um, yes. And you can do this in a myriad of ways, but this article uh, basically just sits somewhere that's peaceful and quiet. Um, imagine yourself in warmth and, and good feelings. You could think of a memory that makes you feel good, or you could just imagine the warmth of the sun on your body, or you could sit in the sun and actually feel it, I guess. I mean, sun, the sun is helpful sometimes, yeah. especially if you live in a not sunny place and you get some exactly. sun. Exactly. Um, You can repeat a mantra, and this can be anything you want, anything you come up with. Uh, This example from the source is, may I be well, may I be happy. You could also say, believe all over yourself. You could say that. Do that. Because, come on, I want you to. Anyway. um, And then anytime your your mind starts to wander, you just go, oh, wait a minute. Let's go back to this 
just, you know, gently guide your mind back to feeling like warmth and good vibes, I guess. The last piece of advice is just to take it slow. Don't try to do meditation or any of this stuff like super hard right off the bat or relaxing in any way. Just just give yourself five or 10 minutes or just relax. And then as soon as the anxiety comes up, even if it's 30 seconds, just go move on. And then a little bit later, do it again. Just keep doing it throughout the day. Yeah, try later. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is great advice because I can't, I can't relax. <laughs> Relaxing? <laughs> what? Don't know her. What's that? Okay, now I'm going to talk about um, the psychosis really quick. So this is a quote from a pseudonym. This is a pseudonym, Karen Long. Uh, this is a woman in her mid-20s. And she said, I wanted to experience that oneness with the universe. Okay, so what she did was uh, join a meditation group and they were practicing a, quote, hodgepodge of relaxation techniques drawn from books and discussions. Um, So for the next three years, she spent one or two hours a day meditating. Here's another quote from her. Then I began hearing voices. I heard profound messages. The other people thought it was a sign of enlightenment. Some people at the temple told me I had contacted a spiritual guide. During my normal awake hours, I found myself feeling spacey sometimes. So she was like, I'm also feeling other things. I'm not just hearing this voice while I'm meditating. Outside of the meditating, I'm also feeling like kind of weird. Um, And I guess she thought maybe I'll just stop meditating for a little while. And when she did, all of those sensations stopped. Oh, yeah. Um, Dr. Maggie Phillips, the director of the California Institute of Clinical Hypnosis and a licensed psychologist who teaches workshops around the world on the proper applications of relaxation therapies. It's just how you relax. (laughs) Crazy that we have to even teach each other that. I was just thinking (laughs) that. We should be... You go ahead. Yeah, we all get it. We all get it. We're all nodding in agreement. Okay, this is a quote from Dr. Maggie Phillips. A lot of people do experience negative side effects. I've had people that went to these five to eight day long retreats and they were practically basket cases when they came out the other end. And they're told, you just have to be more patient. A lot of spiritual teachers don't know how to look at the internal dynamics and how they interact with types of relaxation and meditation. You just said came out the other end and now it's all I can think about. I'm sorry. (laughs) Why? Why? You're telling me something very interesting Mm -hmm. and not at all ridiculous. And I'm like, hey, hey, I'm 13 years old. You got pooped out. Hey, hey. (laughs) Poop joke. Okay. It's fine. I'm 40 40 years old. It's fine. I love it. I'm here for it. Okay. So... And this is not limited to a specific meditation technique or a long retreat or a length or frequency of practice. It just, again, depends on the person. And stuff can start happening if you are, you know, if if the right cocktail of shit is going on in your brain and your life. And these can include facial tics, insomnia, spacing out, um, and even what is described as psychotic breakdowns. I don't know what that means necessarily. Um, And this is made more dangerous by some instructors who call the problems either a welcome sign of enlightenment or proof of the student's insincere effort. Yep, that's the problem. That's a big problem. And some teachers will even then encourage you to meditate longer. Okay, I got a few studies and then I'm going to shut up. Study me, baby. Hit me with a big fat study. Slap, slap. Dr. Michael Persinger... A psychologist found that in 1993, meditation induced epilepsy-like brain seizures in some people. So he had 1,081 students in 
that group, 221 meditators, had a higher rate of hallucinating floating spots of light, hearing voices, and even feeling the floor shake. Other students reported that, uh, other studies, excuse me, reported that meditators complained of feeling emotionally dead and seeing the environment as unreal, two-dimensional, and amorphous. Oh, that sounds so spooky and doesn't that sound scary it's like you de-realized or something like you it's spooky i don't like it this is probably because meditation reduces blood flow to your parietal lobe apparently so that could be why that's happening i don't i don't know that lobe i don't know her either if you're a long time meditator if you do this for years sometimes this can start to happen uh, spontaneously, which basically you'll just have involuntary meditation. Oh, God. <laughs> which doesn't sound great. You're like driving down the road. You don't need to be meditating. You need to be focused. <laughs> okay, and this is from the article Bad Vibes. This is a direct quote from the source. We asked 14 Bay Area instructors chosen at random from different fields of meditation if they informed students about the possible side effects. Only three of the teachers knew what we were talking about. Of the remaining 11, Sam Geppi of San Francisco Yoga gave a typical reply. And this is what this Sam person said. Negative side effects from meditation? There really are none. Meditation is just about going within, toward what is real. There is nothing created through meditation. We create our problems and negative side effects more by escaping into the world, escaping from meditation. Meditation is a long overdue look within. Sometimes a student will discuss their initial fear of the inner void once the space and depth of being is first encounters, or that they feel like they are going crazy. I simply tell them, meditation is not making you crazy. It is making you aware that you are already crazy. That's not, I feel like you shouldn't say that to someone, but okay. Right? Isn't that messed up? Because it's like, Again, so many things we've talked about on there's some truth in what he said somewhere. Yeah, it, it's a nuanced it was, thing that he's not leaving a lot of gray area for. It's right. like there are a lot of people who might start looking within and then a bunch of crap is going to come up, but maybe it needs to come up. Okay, but then if you're hallucinating or seeing 2D reality, right? maybe you don't need to keep doing it. <laughs> maybe it's not for you and that's okay that doesn't make you less of a spiritual person or less of of anything it's wild okay and here's why i i because the statistics of some of these studies made me go is this happening to a bunch of people and no one's talking about it okay so there was a study led by willoughby Britton, who was an associate professor of psychiatry and human behavior and there were 96 participants 58 percent reported at least one meditation related adverse effect which ranged from perpetual hypersensitivity to nightmares to traumatic re-experiencing meditation related adverse effects with negative impacts on functioning occurred in 37 percent of the sample six percent of the sample had quote lasting bad effects or impairments in functioning lasting more than a month um and it's the researchers say this rate is similar to those of other psychological treatments. So again, it's like anything. It's not for everybody. It just like medication or talk therapy or whatever therapy practice you can think of. It doesn't do the same things for everybody. Right. And I am not shitting on meditation at all. Again, I'm going to say it again, not no judgment. Yeah. I just thought this was very interesting. And an, again, an example of like 
there's no one size fits all cure for anything. Yeah, I mean, and there's now there's kind of a there's something when you train to be a yoga instructor or a meditation teacher, you can do something called like being trauma informed. I'm sure you've heard the term. Yes. Where you are aware of that stuff. So like, I think it's great for everybody to do some form of meditation. But the, some of the things you said that I don't think you're counting as meditation or I don't think most people count as meditation, I think are meditative. So like for you, Sarah, that might look like staring at flowers in the forest and trying to figure out right. what they are for an hour. Right. That to me can be a meditation. So for some people sure. it's like jogging. And of so like there's different there's different types of meditation. Right. And there's a reason for that. Because <laughs> there's different types of people. But yeah, some people get very strict about it and then they're like, oh no, no, it, this always works every time, like that quote you read from that guy. Right. And that's there he's not trauma informed. No, not at all, obviously. <laughs> he must not be. Yeah. And that's the thing, like as far as what everything I just said, this is talking about like, you know, a certain sitting down. Yes, and you take everything out of your mind and maybe somebody talks to you for a second, you know, I yeah. don't know. Like it, I I mean, how many times have I said I like doing the dishes because Yes, exactly. It's meditative. Hello, watch so, Karate Kid. I mean, going into, like, a class is a great place to start, but you can find mindfulness anywhere. And some of the things you described, I always thought of as a type of meditation, like the loving kindness thing, um, bringing your thoughts back to a mantra. Like, that's – I've always thought of those as meditation. But I also have heard of what you're talking about. And I could talk to you about this for three hours. Um, (laughs) But I've heard about that. I thought you would find it interesting. And I think it's frustrating that somebody like that would possibly turn somebody against or make somebody feel bad about meditation and themselves as a whole because of one bad experience where you told them they were crazy instead of saying, hey, maybe my class isn't for you, but you could try this, this, and this. That's what you should say. (laughs) What do you, what calms you? What do you find calming and cathartic? Mm -hmm. Do that as your meditation, and that's okay. It doesn't. Again, I will. It's the whole thing of like you know checking a checklist to be considered a good enough, whatever. Yeah, spiritual. Well, and person. also because we live in capitalist hellscape, uh, somebody like that doesn't want to turn away somebody some, who's given a, them money. a client or. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to turn away a client, and also they don't. It's we have a hard time admitting that we're not for everybody, and so. Yeah, it's, I hate that. I really hate, because I, I have been, I have had so many benefits from meditation, and some of it is sitting and breathing, and some of it is running down the street, and some of it is making sure I walk through the woods, or so, you know, it's. Sure, yeah, that's, it's very limiting, and it's very silly, and I just think, whatever makes you feel okay with being with continuing on being a human yeah just do that yeah. and it's okay you're good everybody you're good yeah i mean like i said i could talk about it for hours there's so many nuances it's that way with you know all types of therapies if you think you have the one and only way um spoiler alert you don't <laughs> nope <laughs> nope I was I was on I was on the edge of my seat for sure with that one. I was like, "What is she gonna say about meditation?" <laughs> I was like, I looked at your face and I was like, "Is she about to be mad at me?" <laughs> I 
I mean, we could make each other mad on this podcast. That's part of the draw, right? That's why people keep coming back. They can't wait to see us fight. They're, They're there waiting for, the for us to fight. The eventual drama. It's it's going to end in, in a, just a huge explosion of us being like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> and I'm going to, st- we're going to do all that. And then I'm going to edit it and still post it. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you a weird thing. And first, I'm going to tell you my sources that's going to give the whole weird thing away. But I don't care. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Magical Japanese boulder that's imprisoned a demon for a thousand years has mysteriously cracked open and people are spooked by Claire Reed. Oh, no. <laughs> Ancient Japanese stone said to contain demon cracks open by Dainaba Young and Atlas Obscura. A huge Japanese boulder that, according to legend, contains a powerful demon was found cracked in half on March 5th of 2022. So not Oh, no. The demon is out. Um, So when it was intact, the rock was about six feet tall and 26 feet in circumference and was a popular historical landmark at a park in the volcanic mountains of Nasuyamoto, hot spring area which i want to go to because it looks really cool oh man um before it cracked it had a thick rope around it adorned with what might be a representation of nine tails i'll tell you why in a second okay so if the legends are true it could mean that the 1000 year old demon is now on the loose so in japanese (laughs) mythology i'm just gonna skim right over that seshoseki is known as the killing stone or a killing stone because it is believed to be so powerful that anyone who comes into contact with it dies. Oh no. It reminds me of our rocks aren't real episode. (laughs) Oh yes. That's a good one. So according to local folklore, the volcanic rock Seshoseki held the evil spirit of Tamamo no Mei. I think that's how you say it. A nine tailed fox who took the form of a beautiful woman. So Whoa, I think, and I couldn't, I couldn't get a perfect explanation of it on any website that I found. It, there's a thick rope around the rock, and it looks like it has these nine tails attached to it. Like someone okay. made tails to represent this. Gotcha. I'm not sure because nobody explicitly said it. I deduced it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I could be wrong. So this... Um, Nine-tailed fox who took the form of a beautiful woman became involved of uh, became involved in a plot to overthrow an emperor who ruled. Oh. Uh, one source said it was Emperor Toba who ruled from 1107 to 1123. In several articles that I looked at, there were like different names for the emperor and different names oh, for characters. So, okay, it's folklore. It's old. Many yes. interpretations, I guess. So a, her- a heroic warrior caught wind of the plan and oh. killed the nine-tailed fox beautiful li- lady before she could kill the emperor. S- swooped in and saved the day. But her story didn't end there. It is said that Tamamo no Mei's body transformed into a murderous stone whose powers oh. took the lives of all those who approached it, humans and animals alike. So don't touch this rock yeah i'm good i guess there have been several stones that were called seshoseki since then um i think it can also mean a stone 
that can kill you in a different way. And I'll explain it at that in one moment. Oh <laughs> my gosh. The twists and turns. It's, it's twists and turns. So the original one or the one they say is the stone where she is trapped is uh-huh. found in Nasu near these hot springs. This is the original one apparently. Um, okay. And it is still prohibited to approach the killing stone, but not necessarily because of the legends. Um, Oh. The area is known for its volcanic presence, oh. constantly producing poisonous gases such as hydrogen sulfide <laughs> and sulfur dioxide. So you oh, really no. shouldn't touch the rocks at all. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it will kill you. <laughs> and so that might be part of the origin of the Killing Stone. And, you know, although I'm not going to totally dismiss the legend because there is a shrine dedicated to the nine-tailed fox nearby. Oh, okay. Which... I want to go here and look at this so badly. It sounds awesome. Yeah. This boulder became a registered historical landmark in 1957, and it is referenced in several notable Japanese works, um, Zen poetry, a play, novels, anime. So it's in the zeitgeist. So on March 5th, a photo of the broken killing stone was shared by a Twitter user named Lillian, and it started circulating on social media. So it was the day after our birthday. Someone was like, oh, God, the stone broke. (laughs) (laughs) The prophecy has been fulfilled. No. (laughs) In the Google translated tweet, Lillian described arriving at the site alone before noticing that the rock was split in half and the rope was also detached. And the visitor added, quote, I feel like I've seen something that shouldn't be seen. (laughs) It sounds like it. Spooky. So... Here's a little bit of a sciencey explanation. According to the fact-checking website, Snopes, we know her, we love her, um, the <laughs> Nasu Town Tourist Information Center explained that moisture from recent rains and freezing temperatures likely seeped into the cracks on the stone's surface, causing it to weaken and split. Now, the okay. folklore explanation says that at some point, this stone was exercised by a buddhist monk so it's possible that we're actually not in imminent danger of the demon because it was already exercised well that's good news it wasn't in there when it broke okay so i don't know what who which buddhist monk exercised this presence because many visited Sesho, sesho seki over the years and so who knows who did it? But the the legend says that finally in 1385, a monk named Jeno struck the stone, destroyed it, and scattered its pieces across Japan. So then it would have okay. already been broken. And I'm confused again. It's it's a wild ride every time we talk about <laughs> anything like this. It's Folklore, always like this. Oh, really old like legends. Yes, but I just I thought it was interesting that it was like. This spirit may or may not have escaped a couple months ago or hundreds of years ago from a stone. And you've got these gases that are coming out of it. So I'm sure it looks like that sometimes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I I don't know. You're painting quite a picture. So what I'm saying is I think it was already exercised and we don't have to worry about it because we have enough to worry about. Yes, we do. We have entirely too much to worry about. Oh, I was going to say, go to, if you go to atlasobscura.com slash places, 
slash Seshoseki killing stone, there are is a great gallery of pictures of it. And it's like this volcanic rock area with these platforms built all throughout it, like a walkway, like you would <gasps> see over a wetlands or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you can walk awesome. through there. And I there's a go. shrine to the nine-tailed fox. Like, yeah, I want to go. And it would be really spooky rad. to walk through. Yeah. Yeah. And there's hot springs. Gotta so, love a good hot springs. Yeah, uh, hot springs, a good legend. I'm all in. Um, y'all, yep. if you have ever been to this place or if you have ever had like a weird experience meditating, we really need to hear about it. And please Oh my us. gosh, yes. I am dying to know anything about any of you listening <laughs> tell me anything please did you exercise a demon from a stone email us at none of this is real podcast at gmail.com yeah and like you know social media except for twitter and and like you know <laughs> patreon there's stuff there you should listen it's more of this it's more of what it's you love more, don't you want more of this Go to patreon.com slash none of this is real and uh, you can be a patron if you want to support the podcast. Our theme song is by Michaela DeLeon and Gil Davis. Yes, it is. And we thank you and we love you. And we want to remind you that you don't have to believe anything we ever say. Ever. No, you don't. Ever. Never. Never, ever, ever. But you do forever and always have to believe on yourself. Okay. Oh, yeah. You've got to believe all over yourself. That's pretty much a given. Duh, just do it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I love you. I feel like an end like that. <laughs> an end like that? Oh, let's listen to it. Yeah.